you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 294 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, it is the preview to the trade deadline from Locked On A's. Uh, I I wanted to get out ahead of this one because there are people just keep getting hurt. Uh, Trevor Story just returned from the IL. Uh, Max Scherzer's on the IL. All of the big trade targets are going on the IL, so I wanted to get this out for you guys. And uh, obviously, this list can change throughout the course of the next month and a half as the trade deadline approaches, but if the A's want to make a couple of upgrades, that's what I'm going over the entire episode today. So that's what I got coming up for you guys. Uh, But before I get into anything, make sure to join the Locked On MLB podcast each and every day just like you do with this one. And you can join walking baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on the Locked On MLB podcast for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. He just had one of my favorite people in the podcast world, Emily Nyman of Breaking Balls. Uh, They were on to discuss just uh, what's going on with the New York Yankees and whether or not Aaron Boone should be fired. So that was a great episode. Uh, Make sure to listen to that one because yeah, it's fun. He should be fired at this point, but uh, we, we get to see it firsthand this weekend. So much to look forward to as an A's fan. So there's that podcast. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow this podcast, whatever your provider makes you do, do that one. And also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into this trade deadline episode. Uh, real quick, the A's beat the Angels again. They, they've won five in a row. They're fantastic. Nothing's changed with the A's. They're still great. Uh, so let's talk about how they can be even greater. And for the first month of the season, everybody was like, oh man, the A's need to make a change at shortstop because uh, Elvis Andrews not cutting it. Well, Elvis Andrews is now cutting it very, very well. Over his last 30 games, he's hitting 290 with a 347 on base percentage. That's Elvis Andrews, the non-DFA to Elvis Andrews. Currently, uh, don't check the stats, the best shortstop in baseball, Elvis Andrews. So I mean, if you're the A's, can you really move on from him? He's giving you production. He's been fine at shortstop, you know, defensively. So would it be worth going after Trevor Story for two months? He'd be an upgrade, sure. But then you have just a glut of guys in the middle infield, and I don't know what you do with them. Uh, I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but uh, and I'll also create my own gluts, but it's, it's for a reason. Um, but at this point, is Trevor Story that big of an upgrade? He's been below average this season, and Elvis Andrews over his last 30 has actually been better. I, I know that Trevor Story's been hurt, but, you know, still, uh, Elvis Andrews has been very good, so I am not addressing shortstop right now. That can change in the next month and a half. If the A's feel like this is, you know, fluky and he can't keep it up, then maybe they'll make a move like they did in 2014 when they traded Joanna Cespedes. Uh, let's hope that doesn't happen again, but... Uh, I feel like this team, this front office is going to be proactive in what they see potentially being their roadblocks down the line. And, uh, you know, how can they beat the Houston Astros is basically the big thing. 
because uh, they're going to have to beat them at some point, whether it's uh, to keep them out of the playoffs or in the playoffs if, you know, nobody else can beat them either. So uh, that'll be fun. So let's get into the first position that I want to look at, and that is catcher. Um, not Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy's, you know, amazing. He's a god. But um, Sean Murphy's backup, Aramis Garcia, has not been great. So here's just an overview. I gave you guys this on Monday, but uh, just a, a real quick overview. Sean Murphy against a right-handed batter or against right-handed pitchers is hitting 248 with a 359 on base percentage and a 130 WRC plus. He's fine against righties. Against lefties, he struggles a little bit more. He's got a 169 batting average with a 250 on base and a 72 WRC plus. So obviously, if you want to make an upgrade, you want a catcher that can hit left-handed pitching. That's what you want. So that is an area of need in my mind for the A's where they can get a little bit more solid production. Maybe not in the playoffs because you're probably going to be seeing Sean Murphy more often than not, but maybe you can get that matchup that you need in the playoffs or in a big spot leading to the playoffs or something like that. So that's what I'm looking for right here. Um, and so then you got Armas Garcia, who's been hitting 170 with a 204 on base and a 47 WRC plus against righties. Uh, so he doesn't need to hit against righties because Sean Murphy's doing that for the both of them. But uh, against lefties, he's hitting 250 with a 308 on base and a 68 WRC plus. He doesn't have power, so that hurts his WRC plus. He's been okay. I mean, overall, he's got a 186 batting average with a 226 on base and a 51 WRC plus. So that's not good. The thing that you want him for, he's actually worse at than the guy that you'd be filling him in for. So I feel like this is a an area of need for the A's. And I got three guys that the A's can go after. Uh, they both have, or they all have their own little things that they excel at. So l let's go. And I also, uh, I'm not sure if this first guy is actually available, but let's find out. And let's, let's make that call. And he's also not necessarily the top guy on my list. So uh, we got first up Mitch Garver of the Minnesota Twins. The reason that he could be available is one, the twins stink and they're going to be selling. Uh, and the second reason is he's 30 years old and he's a catcher and sure, he's been fantastic, but he's got three years of control, which is kind of the, the factor that I don't know that he'd be available, but he is also a 30 year old catcher. So is he really a long-term solution or it's what is their plan in Minnesota for next season? That's what I want to know. And that's why I left off uh, one of their relievers, Taylor Rogers, a little bit later in the episode, because I feel like he'll be around. I don't know if Mitch Garver will be. So uh, let's get into Mitch Garver just real quick versus righties. He's hitting 254 with a 389 on base and a 145 WRC plus. Uh, that's you know, pretty good, pretty good. And then against the lefties, he's hitting 193, which isn't, you know, super great, but it's still higher than Sean Murphy. He's hitting, uh, he's got a 270 on base, Again, higher than Sean Murphy, a little bit less than uh, RMS Garcia, but his WRC plus is 110. So he's actually 10% above league average against lefties because he hits dingers against them. Uh, five of his eight home runs this season have come against left-handed pitching. So that is great. And overall, you know, he's he's hitting 224 overall with a 333 on base and a 129 WRC plus. So he's been really, really good overall. Uh, but you kind of want him for those left-handed pitchers. So you could use maybe a little bit somebody else, but again, 
hitting's been hard this year. So it's it's very hard to find guys that excel at this one thing that don't make money that are also available. So uh, you kind of got to take what you can get. Uh, so he also has eight home runs, 17 RBI and 17 runs scored this uh, this season. So he's he's had a pretty good year. I think that if he's available, he'd be a nice option. And then because you got to get the, the entire scope on people, defensively, he is in the 81st percentile in framing and slightly above average with defensive runs saved in the last three years. He's had one, three, and one, including this year as the last one on there. So he's been, you know, an average defensive guy, but he's been good at framing with a nice power bat. He's not going to hit for a high average, but he's got a nice power bat. So that's something. The second guy on my list is Jacob Stallings, who I found out about because I played MLB The Show a lot in 2020, and he was fantastic. He is on the Pittsburgh Pirates, so you know that he's available. He is currently 31 years old. He's also a right-handed stick, just like Mitch Garver, and he's got four years of control left, if I'm doing the math right. So he has been uh, very, very good. Um I'm just going to skip to just lefties. How is he doing against lefties? He's hitting 188 with a 291 on base and a 101 WRC plus. So he's just 1% above league average or basically just league average. But that's still uh, a lot better than Armas Garcia, a lot better than Sean Murphy. The cost of acquisition, probably lower. He's also probably available, whereas Mitch Garver might not be. So that could drive up the price a little bit. Uh, defensively, his framing is in the 40th percentile, so a lot less than Mitch Garver, but defensive run saved. He has been fantastic at, at whatever the hell goes into DRS because he's had 14, 7, and 8 the last three years, and that is really good. Uh, Matt Chapman puts up, you know, obviously he gets a lot more chances at third base, but he puts up stuff like that. So these are very, very good defensive numbers for Jacob Stallings, and that's Another thing where you could go, you know, all out for home runs. You could go all out for defense. But Jacob Stallings has a little bit of both. He also has five home runs, 26 runs batted in, and 16 runs scored. You put him in the A's offense as opposed to the Pirates offense. Uh, I assume that those counting stats would go up just a little bit. And then the last guy, um, see if you can guess. He's a 36-year-old left-handed bat, uh, and he's probably going to be owed around $1 million from the trade deadline on, and then he's a free agent. Um, against lefties, he's hitting 278 with a 381 on base and a 142 WRC plus. Uh, my only caveat to that is that is in 21 plate appearances, so it hasn't happened a whole bunch. Uh, so are those sustainable? I don't know. Also, 36 year old, years old, and uh, I think you guys know him as the man that you believe in, Stephen Vogt. Could we see a reunion between the Oakland Athletics and Stephen Vogt? That could be fun. He would be a perfect backup candidate for Sean Murphy. He's, you know, obviously a veteran presence. He knows the A's fairly well. He would slot right in. And I think that he'd be very, very good. And also, you don't got to keep him on the roster for very much longer. So that's also a plus. Um, He's 26th in framing, so that's not great. Or, you know, 26th percentile. And his DRS has been negative 4, 2, and 1. So... That's not great, uh, but the problem with Mitch Garver and Jacob Stallings is that the cost of acquisition for what they their role on the Oakland A's, which is playing once or twice, you know, a week because Sean Murphy's been great. 
that could be the determining factor where if they if the A's can go out and get Jacob Stallings for a reasonable price or, you know, just market rate, I say go get Jacob Stallings. I think that he's been fantastic. I like his defense. That's something that wins you championships or, you know, gets you further in the playoffs or to the playoffs or something like that. And I like Jacob Stallings for all of those reasons. But uh, if the cost of acquisition is too high, then uh, give me Steven Vote, you guys. That's what I'm going for. So hopefully you guys are along for that ride with me because uh, you heard it here first. Bring Steven Vote back to Oakland. Um, anyways, I got a couple more uh, positions that I want to go after, including reliever coming up next and then also right fielder which i mentioned on monday so uh stay locked in with locked on a's and we're going over those two positions I've been talking about sports trade a lot lately. If you haven't heard about it, it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. And it's no wonder this company is blowing up. The site is really amazing. And I can't believe that nobody else has thought of this concept before. Sports trade has truly taken fantasy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. It's a fair and super exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to the platform. So check it out today and you can instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like just like the stock market then you watch your players battle on your portfolio value rise simply go to sportstrade.com watch the how it works video and then sign up and get started sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun exciting and profitable new world of sports trading this is truly the evolution of fantasy sports i really think that you're gonna be amazed don't sit on the sidelines any longer and get in the action at sportstrade.com. Stonks, memes, rocket chips, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, then you should open up a Wealthfront account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform their market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone, so team up with Wealthfront instead. And Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stonks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. And Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T. T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into relief pitchers. I've got a couple of names right now. Uh, I'm sure that this list is going to expand once teams fall out of it, but there's not a lot of guys that you can be like, oh, that team's out of it. And they also have the thing that I am personally looking for to add to the Oakland Athletics. And that specific trait that I am looking for is that they can control at bats against right-handed batters because the Astros are comprised mostly of right-handed batters. Sure, they got Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker and uh, the other one, the, the pain in the butt, uh, Michael Brantley. They got those three guys, but everybody else 
I might be missing one. I, everybody else, right-handed batter. You got Altuve, you got Bregman, you got Correa, you got uh, the, the, the Martin Maldonado, who is a uh, pain in the butt. Uh, they got so many guys. I, I think I missed one, too. They got so, Yuli Gurriel, that's the other one. They got so many guys that hit, just mash from the right-hand side. You got to be able to control that somehow. And so if the A's are going to make a bullpen acquisition, you can go, you know, late-inning guy, blah, 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 whatever. They, they can't. There's not a lot of room. So I say go get somebody because you're not going to go out and get like Craig Kimbrell because one, he's not available. And two, he costs money. And three, no. Um, so you got to go out and get somebody who has a trait that you want if you are the Oakland A's. That's how they go out and do things. And guys that can just get right-handed batters out that is a specific thing that you can have a little bit wider net than, hey, they're a really good reliever. We want them on our team uh, because, you know, Liam Hendricks no longer on the A's and not available because he's also on a contender. So that's not happening. So I got two guys. Uh, one guy I mentioned in, in the offseason, and now he's been, you know, trade fodder just for, you know, MLB trade rumors. And I feel very proud of myself. I even forget what I said. I think that he had like movement and he threw hard. So I was like, yeah, I want this guy on my team. And he was a trade target then he's a trade target now and that is paul fry of the baltimore orioles uh overall he has a 13.11 k per nine which is fantastic his walk rate per nine is a little bit higher than i usually like to see at 4.24 uh, but he does have a 193 era and a 165 fip so he has been pitching his butt off he's also a lefty so the ace could always use another lefty that doesn't give up home runs jesus <laughs> but against right-handed batters, he has uh, 12.89 Ks per nine, so that's pretty good. His walk rate is also a little bit lower at 3.68. That's manageable. I think I can accept that from a from a lefty that's facing righties. His ERA is a little bit higher at 2.45, but his FIP is at 152. So he's been pitching great. It's the defense behind him that's kicking him in the butt. Um, and he also has a 94 mile an hour fastball with an 86 mile per hour slider. Uh, he's a two-pitch pitcher. That's what he does. And just because I set up so much, uh, his batting average against on right-handed batters is 180, which isn't that bad. It's not as low as you'd like to see it, but it's not. All, it's also not terrible. And he's a left-handed pitcher, which the A's could potentially use more of. Um, I know that they've got a couple right now, and if Luzardo figures it out, then all of a sudden you got a really good weapon right there. But at the same time, uh, Paul Fry is a guy who's been throwing in the bullpen. He's been really good for the last two years now, or, you know, all of last 2020. And then so far this year, which is basically two 2020 seasons. So 120 games, let's call it. Um, but he's been fairly solid. He also throws fairly hard, especially for a lefty. So I like those things. The A's don't have a lot of heat. I know that Deekman throws hard. I know that Luzardo throws hard, but the thing that was seemed to be missing from the A's bullpen last year in the playoffs going against the Houston Astros was that they didn't have guys that threw hard. And the other thing is the Houston Astros have seemed to figure out the ace bullpen. So um, I'd like them to add other looks is kind of what I'm going for in just adding something else. Um, the other guy that also does really, really well against right-handed pitcher or right-handed batters right now is a right-handed pitcher. And this guy's from Pittsburgh. He's also been connected with the A's. The Athletic had a piece on him a couple weeks back trying to make a trade happen for this man, Richard Rodriguez, or Rich Rod, as he's called. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have the same sterling stats, the, the same K rate or anything, but he is a control pitcher, which is something that the A's love. You know why Yusmero Petit keeps 
keeps coming to the A's, it's because he's a control pitcher and he hits his damn spots. Uh, Richard Rodriguez overall has a 7.11K per nine with a 107 walks per nine, which is, oh man, that's just, that's just nice to look at. Uh, he has a 178 ERA overall with a 193 FIP. And against the righties, he strikes out a little bit less, you know, uh, Slightly fewer guys, 6.08 Ks per nine, but his walk rate is 0.68. That is so low, and I love it so much. His ERA is also 135 against the righties with a 203 FIP, so uh, those are all just great numbers. And he, has, he also throws, you know, low to mid-90s. 93 is his average, let's call it that. He's also got a slider that's 82 miles an hour, but he is primarily a fastball pitcher because he throws that sucker 88% of the time, and he has a 12% is the slider. So that's that's what he does. But his batting average against for righties, right-handed batters, is 135. So that is very, very good. Um, and also, it's he has the same expected ERA as Liam Hendricks. So he's pitching just as well as that guy, who we also really liked. His strikeouts aren't going to be there, but his walks. who those walks. Those are nice. And is that his actual... Actual uh, ERA is actually lower than Liam Hendricks. So, uh, by a couple of decent measures, you know, I know ERA, and you know, if you want to get into saber metrics, you, you can, you know, go up around and about on those. But uh, Richard Rodriguez is actually a very, very good pitcher, and he just basically throws it across his body and he, he kind of slings it. And uh, it'd be a different look, I think, for the A's bullpen. And I would not mind him either. If the A's went out and got both these guys, I'd be very excited. Um, but one thing that I thought would be interesting is if the A's went after both Jacob Stallings as their backup catcher and Richard Rodriguez as not necessarily their closer, but just like another solid arm back there. If, if he ends up being the closer, sure. But they also got Lou Trevino has been doing a pretty good job. Uh, Jake Diekman in spots. Um, you could use Petit in there like they did uh, last night's game. Or maybe they got Trevor Rosenthal coming back. So they've got some options in the bullpen. I'm just trying to get them too many options because at some point somebody's going to get hurt uh, and it can't just keep being Chad Pinder. That, it's going to be a pitcher at some point, you would think. So for me right now, I would like to build up some of that depth while you can and uh, see what happens. They're also getting J.B. Wendelkin back. So uh, this bullpen could be very, very nice in the coming days and weeks. Uh, very much looking forward to seeing what the final product looks like uh, just going into the, the later part of the season, you know, that September, October potentially playoffs. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But coming up, I've got my biggest trade target of the show coming up for you guys. So uh, stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll have that right up. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the world, and that is Built Bar, my friends. And Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. Don't tell them I told you, but they have those sometimes. You just got to keep on checking on the website because uh, they got some really tasty seasonal ones like the coconut brownie chunk that I always talk about. That one's delicious. That's my favorite, and it's a limited time flavor, and uh, it makes me angry when I go to their website and it's not there. But they have so many other great, great flavors. Uh, they got their nine delicious flavors that are all always there like coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So all you got to do is go get one of those mix boxes. You'll get two of each of those flavors and you get an entire 18 whole bars and you won't have to think about lunch for two weeks because those things are delicious. Or if you're like me, uh, you'll, you won't have to think about lunch for a couple of days because uh, you will eat them all very, very quickly. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these, uh, the limited time flavors or one of those 
mixed boxes of Built Bars is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. And if you go over to the website right now, there they have the over/under for today's game: Griffin Canning against Cole Irvin set at nine runs. Do you think that there's going to be more than that? Less than that? You can put your money down at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit out of the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their runs in the playoffs. Uh, Kevin Durant had a game, you guys. Uh, sports ball. Also, head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. And that is why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, you might also enjoy the Locked On Today podcast, where this morning they are talking about Kevin Durant being all that the Brooklyn Nets needed. And uh, I I saw the highlights and oh boy, did he have a game. Uh, get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And also make sure to follow us at uh, Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into my last position, and that is right field. Uh, I know that they don't necessarily need an upgrade because Seth Brown has been okay, you know, as a you know platoon partner with Stephen Biscotti. But could they go for somebody a little bit better that also plays good defense and has a little bit more power and a little bit more cachet about him? Um, I hope they do because, oh boy, one, it would piss off uh, one of my fellow Locked On hosts and I would uh, make so many memes of just him crying. But um, so before I get into who it is and what's going on... um, Let's just talk about Stephen Biscotti versus righties. He's hitting 180 with a 242 on base and a 59 WRC plus. So that is why he's being platooned with uh, Seth Brown because against lefties, Stephen Biscotti is hitting 258 with a 329 on base and a 111 WRC plus. So he has been fairly good against uh, against lefties. So you want to keep him in there. Also, he's owed money, so you can't move him. So you're keeping Stephen Biscotti in there. And then you got Seth Brown, who against righties is hitting 182 with a 357 on base. So that's very solid. And he has a 133 WRC plus. He's also pretty decent against lefties, but his batting average is just very low against both righties and lefties. And it feels like he's either hitting bombs or, you know, gappers or uh, not getting on base whatsoever. And that's more of a feel thing. That's not what the stats say. That's just more how it feels with Seth Brown. But I like Seth Brown, but he also has options available. So if they were to go out and get somebody, they would not lose Seth Brown. And uh, the one guy that I think I want them to go after, and I know it's probably not going to happen because uh, he's, a, he's a big name and all that stuff, but it's Joey friggin' Gallo. Go get Joey Gallo. He is a left-handed batter. He's got one year left uh, in, after this season as well. So he'd be there for a little bit. Uh, he'd probably be owed roughly $9 million next season. So that's probably the big thing that uh, would not make the trade happen. But 
Hey, maybe. Who's to say? Uh, against righties, he's hitting 198, which also is not great, but he has a 384 on base with a 110 WRC plus, so he's been great, at, you know, pretty decent against righties. And against lefties, he's hitting 247 with a 374 on base and a 147 WRC plus. So he has been very good against both lefties and righties. And that leads me to think that, hey, you could actually use him both as a right fielder where he's good defensively. He's got uh, the same outs above average as Seth Brown had, and he's in the 81st percentile in outs above average. So he's been fantastic in right field for the Texas Rangers. He's also 94th uh, in the 94th percentile in outfielder jump, and he's got a cannon of an arm. And if you could get a couple of cannons out there, I'd be very excited about that. So yeah, I mean, I know that Seth Brown's been very, very good defensively. He has those big hits every now and then, but just a little bit more consistency. I don't know that teams are scared of Seth Brown, where if you put Joey Gallo in to the A's lineup, he's going to get pitches to hit. If he can lay off, you know, a couple of pitches here and there, he's going to be a dangerous man in that A's lineup, especially if the Mats are going and Ramon Laureano's going and Tony Kemp is going and Matt Mark Hanna's going. That is a scary, scary lineup. If you had somebody who has the power of a Joey Gallo, yeah, give me a Joey Gallo. And the fact that he only has a year and almost a half left on his contract uh, or, you know, arbitration, they could also non-tender him and just not pay it if they wanted to. But uh, it, it it means that the cost of acquisition is not going to be, you know, outrageous because he hasn't been fantastic overall, but he does present that one part where if he stays healthy, he could get you that big hit in the playoffs. And that's something that uh, I'm very intrigued by personally. I wrote down another guy just in case, but I'll get into some other stuff too. Uh, Adam Frazier of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm just going all Pirates in this episode because I know that they're going to be sellers. He's a left-handed bat just like Joey Gallo. He's got one year left just like Joey Gallo. He'll cost a little bit less in arbitration than Joey Gallo, but uh, he's more of a batting average on base guy as opposed to a power guy. So he'd be more like adding um, Tommy LaStella as opposed to Joey Gallo. Um, he doesn't strike out, which is nice. He's hitting, uh, 315 with a 367 on base and a 147 WRC plus against lefties and against righties. He's hitting 339 with a 405 and a 139 WRC plus. So he's been very, very good, but he doesn't necessarily fit into what I think of when I want somebody when I, when I want to add somebody and I want another power bat, if it's a lefty, that's fantastic. I'm totally on board there. And then also, if you want to play Steven Biscotti in right field or whatever, you can do that. And then you could just move Joey Gallo over to the DH where the A's have actually not been great. I mean, they've been got, they've gotten some okay production. They've got a 94 WRC plus from their DHs this season. And that's basically just Mitch Moreland right there who has a 98 WRC plus against righties and an 81 WRC plus against lefties. So if you can take Mitch Moreland out against lefties, put in Joey Gallo instead where Joey Gallo is just playing every day, whether it's DH or right field. And then you're getting a lot more production because Joey Gallo against lefties, 147 WRC plus where Mitch Moreland currently has a, an 81. So that is, it's those marginal upgrades. And I know that Joey Gallo is not a marginal upgrade, but you're just looking for those little things where, where can we get a little bit of a boost? And I know that Joey Gallo could be a big of a boost. And I think that that would be the big move for me. Uh, also, name the last trade that the A's lost with the Texas Rangers, because uh, I can't think of one. 
And obviously the, the big thing with trading for Joey Gallo would be they're going to ask for the moon because uh, he is their franchise piece right now. He is the guy that's bringing people to the ballpark um, and they don't really have anybody else that does that on the position player side that, you know, gets them there every day. David Dahl, not doing that for him. Willie Calhoun, not doing it for him. Um, those are two guys that I can name. Oh, uh, kind of for Lefa, not doing it for him. Um, oh, I guess Adolos Garcia, but he's not on the trade block, but he's been fairly good. But Joey Gallo could help them restart that rebuild. And I think that I'd like to see Joey Gallo in green and gold. Could it be like the Adam Dunn era where he like hit one big home run in his first uh, his first game with the A's and then not much else? Maybe, but he'd also have another year and he probably wouldn't retire after not playing in the playoffs. Um, but I think that this is that year where the A's are going to push some of their chips in and, uh, you know, they, they can rebuild when they need to. But uh, they, they've got a wide open American League this year. The Yankees, not that good. If they can just figure out how to beat the Houston Astros and also probably the Chicago White Sox, who are also very, very good, then those are the two teams that are in their way. They're, they might have to face one of them. Or they might they might have to face both. They'll probably only have to face one uh, if they you know, play their cards kind of right. So uh, this is the clearest path that the A's might have to the World Series if they wanted to take it. So go get some reinforcements, boys, and go get me some Joey Gallo and, you know, everybody else that I mentioned, because I would be very excited about that. Or, you know, Max Scherzer, if you're really going to go for it, but he's on the IL now. So um, is he going to be okay? I don't know. Um, yeah, obviously, I didn't talk about starting pitchers because, the guys that, you know, you would want to get like the Scherzers probably aren't going to be coming to Oakland. He also has a no trade clause, so he can kind of pick where he wants to go. Does he want to come to Oakland or Toronto, you think? And then outside of Scherzer, there's going to be like a bunch of guys that, you know, we usually look at like, oh, Mike Miner, yay, uh, where they'd be, you know, a guy, but they're not, you know, the Max Scherzer. They're not the John Lester that, you know, can't throw to first base. Um, they're, they're not that guy. So the A's don't usually go after that guy. So I just left them off because the rotation's actually been fairly good. Uh, can they do this in the playoffs? I don't know, but I'm willing to give it, give it a shot maybe. And you know, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, just more depth because injuries haven't necessarily plagued the A's like some other teams. So, uh, I, I'm hoping that that does not come into effect this season, but if it does, they got to be ready for him. So, uh, just build up some of that depth and, uh, make some upgrades at a couple of other spots and, uh, do what you can from there. So that's all I got for you guys today. On Friday, I'm hoping to have my interview with Stacy Gotsoulias of Locked On Yankees. We have not done a crossover yet, so that's going to be a lot of fun uh, talking about the weekend series in New York because there is so much to talk about with the Yankees. And uh, for Thursday's episode, I have no idea what I'm talking about yet, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll answer some questions. If you guys have got questions, send them to me. Uh, I got some last week from you guys too. So uh, yeah, send me questions and I will answer them for you guys on Thursday's show or I will just talk about uh, whatever the hell I want to. So that's what's coming up for you guys the rest of the week. But uh, that's all I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.